and um, getting ready for another Shabbos Kodesh. We gather yet together again another Thursday night, enjoying another one of Rabbi Aronson's world-class blue ribbon, county-winning chalants over here. This is the blue ribbon chalants of Somerton County. Thank you very much, Rabbi Aronson, as always. Yashikayach, and uh, getting together with Parshas Amor. And uh, I think what we're going to do tonight, being uh, with the current events that are currently right around the corner, we're going to throw a little bit of Pesach Sheni into the works. Tonight we have Pesach Sheni this coming Sunday. Sunday is Pesach Sheni. And the timing is actually quite cosmic and I think quite appropriate because I think we, we dig a little bit, we may find a whole bunch of connections between Pesach Sheni and actually the current parish of Parshas Emor. Um, Let's start with the question. I think the question of Pesach Sheni is a question on the parsha. What's Pesach Sheni? You know, Pesach Sheni we know is the second chance Pesach, Pesach for those who missed that the first time. That's going to be happening this Sunday, the 14th of Iyar. A lot of you to eat matzah, have a minute to eat matzah on Pesach Sheni. And that's coming up this coming Sunday right after Shabbos. So this is the time for us to talk about it. And the... At the, at the core of Pesach Sheni, what lies at the heart of Pesach Sheni is two words, two famous words that were famously uttered by the people who came forth to Moshe Rabbeinu. It says, mm-hmm. People came forth to Moshe Rabbeinu in the desert when they were about to bring the Korb Pesach in Nisan. And they were people that were defiled, they were impure, they had Tumas Meis. And the Torah says these people that had Tumat, they were Tmeim, Lenefesh Adam, came forth to Moshe, and, and they knew the halacha. The halacha was someone that's Tameh, someone that's impure, is not allowed to bring the Korm Pesach. He can't bring it, he can't eat it, he can't participate in it. And as of that point in time, all they had, all they even had, were Pesach Rishon. Right? Pesach Rishon, the, the first Pesach that happens in Nisan, there was no Pesach Sheni. And not only that, they didn't even have Pesach Rishon. Those days they didn't even have Pesach Rishon. It's a little bit of a riddle. Before Pesach Sheni was given, the Yidin didn't even have Pesach Rishon. How could that be? They did have Pesach Rishon, no? Okay, it's a trick question. They had Pesach. They had Pesach. They had Pesach. Right, but it can't be Pesach Rishon. Rishon is an is a ordinal number. Pesach Rishon means the first Pesach. First, the first carbon Pesach. So it can't be Pesach Rishon if there's no Pesach Sheni. Everybody understand? This is Pesach, Korban Pesach. But okay, that was a trick question. Apologize for tricking everybody. That's right, Pesach. That's right, Mr. Smilan is correct. It's Pesach, not Pesach Rishon. Exactly, Pesach Echad, not Pesach Rishon. Rishon is first, it means first, not only first if there's a Tzvetar. Ersht Pesach, Ersht, Vos Ersht. Nor Eins, Nor Eins. Right, okay, so Mr. Smilan is correct. Okay, so all they had was Pesach, Korban Pesach. And these Yidin came to Moshe, they said they, they knew the Halacha, they knew the Ratameh, they knew some of the Tameh can't bring the Korban Pesach, came to Moshe, they said, Lamanigara, why should we lose out? Why should we be deprived? Lamanigara, Levilti Hakriv Karpan Hashem Bamay Adoy. Why should we be denied the opportunity to bring the Karm Pesach? Now, as far as they were concerned, there's no Pesach Shay, there's no second chance, there's nothing to do about it. All that Kleisol had at that point in history was one Karm Pesach. That's it, you miss it, you blow it, you have to wait 12 months, you have to wait for the next year. Too bad. Too bad. Sorry, Charlie. But they came to Maisha with such a cheshik, with a passion, with a chuka. With, with, with a demand, a demand. We don't care that that's the halacha. Lamani gara, why should we lose that? Why should we lose that? What do we do wrong? How could we miss the opportunity of being Karmesach? I, I know we can't bring it, but how could that be? How could that be? 
So they asked the impossible, they demanded the impossible, and the impossible happened. They, at that point, Hashem revealed and gave to Klai the Parsha Pesach Sheni. Okay, beautiful. So two famous words that were famously uttered then. Lama Nigar, that's the heart, the core, and the soul of Pesach Sheni. I want to use that question to ask a question on Parshas Emor. The question of the Yidin that were Tame at that point in history, I want to start with that and make that our opening question on the Parsha, actually. And let's start with uh, an observation. Let's start with a, with a um, analysis, very simple and quick analysis. Who does Parshas Emor belong to? Anyone learned Parshas Amor yet? Anyone learned it last year? Who in the audience, who was, who was religious last year, Parshas Amor? Who here was from last year? Parshas Amor, what, the Kainam, which question are you answering? The Kainam we're from or the Parshas about the Kayanam? No, Parshas about Kayanam. Benny's, Benny's correct. Benny's correct. Parshas Amor belongs to the Kayanam. The Gansa Amor is all about what? Who the Kayanam can marry, who they can't marry. When they can become Tameh, when they can't become Tameh, who can work in the base Hamikdash, which Kaihanim can work, which Kaihanim cannot work, which Kaihanim get to eat Karbanas, which Kaihanim don't get to eat Karbanas. Paris Emmer is all about the Kaihanim, the Kedush of Kaihanim. We know Kaihanim have the highest level Kedusha. Kayan, Levi, Yisrael, everybody knows this from the, you know, on Pesach, you have the matzahs, right? Kayan, Levi, Yisrael, so the tap matzahs, the Kayan matzah. Obviously, Kaihanim have the highest Kedusha because the Kayan matzah goes on tap, right? Everybody knows that. Which matzah goes on tap? Kayan matzah goes on tap. Kayanim have the highest kedusha. Kayanim get lots of perks. They work in the base of Mikdash. They get to eat things that we can't eat. They get goodies that we don't get. They get gifts that we don't get. They get to do things that we, and they have chumras that we don't have, of course. Women that they're not allowed to marry that we could. They can't go to the cemetery. We could. That's because corresponding to their high higher kedusha, so they have higher responsibility. Okay, so it's all about the kayanim. And we look at this, and we ask ourselves the following question. How many kaihanim do we have present in the crowd right now? We have two. Two. Well, if we can't the digital kaihanim, we have three. Okay? We have two in our live audience. We have one over here in Zoom space, and we have untold kaihanim out there in WhatsApp land. But, so, we have, so we have a number of kaihanim over here. We have at least, you know, listening to us live right now, we have at least three. Um, we have more, though, in our audience tonight that are not kaihanim. I'm not a kain. The rest of everyone else is not, you know, we don't have Mrs. Milan, Mr. Arthur Akayin, Yitzchak Akayin Schwartz, all the rest of us were, were not Kayhan. And, you know, we ask ourselves, when will we get to be a Kayin? What's the answer to that question? When, when, when will we get to be a Kayin? Ramesha, when will you get to be a Kayin? When, when will you get to be a Kayin? Very good. You're right. That's the correct answer. You're not a coin, and you're never going to get to be a coin. When will you get to go up there and duchen? Go like this, on Yom Tov. You're never going to get to do that. Bechor, perhaps when Mashiach comes as a sheet and chazal, that Bechor as well. Okay, I'm not a Bechor, and I'm not a coin. So even according to that opinion, you know, the Mashiach comes, uh, it'll return to the Bechors, it's not going to go back to me. Any of us here that are not kaihanim are never going to get to be kaihanim. We're never going to get to taste truma. We're never going to get to know what truma tastes like. And if we would try to eat truma, we're chayv misa bide shamayim. You know, we're guilty of death at the hands of heaven. 
We're never going to get to work in the Beis HaMikdash to know what it's like to take blood from a carbon and sprinkle it on the Mizbeach, to bring the Ketoris, sprinkle the Ketoris on the golden Mizbeach, to light the menorah. None of us are ever going uh, to get to uh, even get close to that, all of us who are not Kohanim. So let's ask the question of the Yidin by Pesach Sheni. Why should we lose that? How could the Torah do that? How could the Torah disallow me to do that? I mean, isn't this the cry? Isn't this the plea of Pesach Sheni? Why should we lose that opportunity? Why should we not have the ability to bring the Korban Pesach? This is waiting right here, right for you. This one over here. And Hasta Bissel Ibrig Ibir? Faran Kind? Nora Bissel, Mamisha Bissel, Faran Kind. I'm saying it Yiddish, so I, I don't want anyone to know in WhatsApp land that I'm telling you to give my kid a little bit of beer. <laughs> yeah, he's 18 already. See, he shaves? No, you see, he's not shaving right now. It's Sphero. Okay, good, 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 good. Yeah, Nora Bissel. Okay. Yeah, so anyway, Rabbi Sai, everyone hear the question? I mean, in, in the times of the Midbar, so the Yidden. There were Yidin there, there were, were Tameim Lenefesh Adam. They were ritually impure. They had Tumas Mace, and they couldn't bring the Korn Pesach. They knew they weren't allowed to. And Pesach Sheni hadn't been revealed yet. And they came to Moshe Rabbeinu, and they said, Lama Nigara! Moshe, how can it be? We're not going to bring the Korban. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're not going to bring the Korban. That's what it says in Shulchan Aruch. That's what it says in Rambam. That's what it says in Allah. You can't bring the Korban. Yet, they let out this cry, this, this plea, that rocked the heavens, and Pesach Sheni came down. Okay, you, you, you have a second chance. That's like kind of the Yisoy of Pesach Sheni, is that there's room for a cry of Lama Nigaro, why should I lose that? So what happens when we cry that? We the Yisraelim. Lama Nigara, why shouldn't we get to eat Truma? Why shouldn't we get to eat Bikurim? Why shouldn't we get to work in the Beis HaMikdash? What, what, what do we do with that cry? Doesn't that go against the grain Pesach Sheni over here? We don't have a Chalik? Okay, so, so you know, we would give a, a, a simple answer back that, that good. Look, very nice, but the Torah needs to make different circles. The Torah needs to make Kayhan that work in Beis HaMikdash, Leviim that surround the Beis HaMikdash, and Yisraelim that surround those who surround the Beis HaMikdash. The Torah just needs to make, you know, a group of people that are going to the Beis mission. Once the Torah needs to make that arrangement, that's too bad, you're not a kind. So that, maybe we could get that, but if that's the case, that there have to be Kayhanim, and there have to be people that are not Kayhanim, how does that reconcile with the Lama Nigara? We seem to see in Pesach Shein, the Torah does tell us the concept of Lama Nigara, of giving this plea, giving this cry, of why should I lose out? Why should I be denied this opportunity, which doesn't go unanswered? What do we do with Lama Nigara? That is really a problem. Grasping, grasping intellectually this concept that there's you know, going to be different madrigas, different tiers in Kala Yisrael, and there's the inner circle that works for God in the base. Again, we can, we can grasp that, we can embrace that idea. But how does that go together with Lama Nigara then? But there is this concept of Lama Nigara. We let out a Gishrai, a Gishrai, and pierces the heavens, why should we lose that? And Hashem does seem to answer that and address that and give us opportunities that we would have thought, we would have thought impossible. What, what does that happen? How do we reconcile that with Kahuna? The fact that we're not Kahuna. So it's like this. There's something amazing going on over here. Lama Nigara is addressed. When we cry out, when we scream, Hashem, how can we lose that? Why should we lose that? Why should we be denied the opportunity of the, the Kedushas Kahuna, the sanctity and the holiness of being a Kayin? How can we be denied that? The answer is we're not really denied that. 
every single Jew has within his power, within his reach, to be involved with Kedushas Kahuna. And the Torah already gives provisions for this. Within Emor itself, within the parish of the Kayhanim, within the one parish in the Torah that's dedicated to Kayhanim, all about the Kayhanim, all about the holiness and the sanctification of Kayhanim, who they can marry, who they can't marry, where they can go, where they can't go, their responsibilities, roles, and duties. Within this very parish of Emor, we have the role and the answer to the Lamani Gara for the Yisraelim, for us, the Yisraelim, the Israelites. Where do you have that? We have the answer to what we're, we're, we don't lose out, where we are not denied and deprived Kedushas Kehuna, and that's an explicit Pasuk. This is in the opening parasha, opening aliyah of the parasha, Pasuk Ches, Perik, Chof Al Pasuk Ches, V'kidash Toi Ki Yislechem Lekechel Humakrif. V'kidash Toi. This is addressing this realm, addressing us, and we're being told you should be mekadesh kaihanim. We're being told that we should sanctify kaihanim. Viki dash toy, you, Mister Yisrael, go and sanctify the kaihanim because they're bringing korbanos. Kadosh yelach, they should be holy to you. You go sanctify the kaihanim. So we're being told to sanctify the kaihanim. We're being told to consecrate the kaihanim. We're being told to make the kaihanim holy. We make the Kayanim holy. God made them holy already. Hashem designated who the Kayanim were. Moshe anointed them with oil. They're already holy, with or without us. What do you mean we should make them holy? So this is actually a mitzvah hasei da'araisa, a positive commandment from the Torah, the Kiddush And we, even nowadays, without a Beis Hamikdash, even nowadays, <clears throat> without korbanos to bring and without truma to give the Kayanim to eat and bikurim, even nowadays we fulfill and can fulfill all the time this mitzvah of Kiddash, we as Yisraelim. How do we elevate and sanctify Kayhanim? By recognizing them as Kayhanim and treating them as the, as, as the, as the elite of Klai Yisrael. And treating them as VIPs. When a Yisrael and a lady treats a Kayhan as a VIP, he's Mekadish them, he's consecrating them and giving them through recognizing them Kiddush HaSkuhuna. And how does this play out in Halacha? This is in Shulchan Aruch, this is in Rambam. And the kind's around, you offer the kind to eat first. Say, Rib Kayan, please take the chalent. Take chalent before myself. The food gets passed around, you give it to the kind first. At, at the kind make the bracha first. That's the halacha. Benching. Who are you going to give benching to? You have a kind at your table, give, it, give the kind benching. The kidashtoi. Who's going to get the first aliyah in shul every Shabbos, every Monday and Thursday? Well, it depends if the kayan showed up that morning, right? But if the kain showed up that morning, you give the kain the first aliyah. And you're fulfilling a mitzvah daraisa, Now, one second. On the surface, it would seem that this mitzvah is just simply honor them, respect them, treat them with, with, with deference. Right? That's what it would seem. A kain is special. Hashem chose him. So I should, I should give him special deferential and preferential treatments. Be nicer to him. Let him pe- pe- take the first piece of schnitzel. Let him make the first tamaytzi. Give him the first aliyah. Let him bench. That's what it would seem. But, but the Pasuk says more than that. It says, v'kidashtoi, sanctify him. V'kidashtoi doesn't mean honor him. That would be v'kibadatoi. It doesn't mean fear him. That would mean v'yoreisoi. It says v'kidashtoi. Sanctify him and give him kedusha. Give him holiness. And there's an unbelievable idea going on over here, which... The Rambam essentially spells out and speaks out when the Rambam describes this mitzvah. 
that what the Torah did is the Torah says, Kayhanim have Kedusha. Yes, they have sanctification and holiness, and that's part of what makes them Kayhanim. And part of that holiness was left for us to bestow upon Kayhanim. Part of the holiness of a Kayin comes from the Israelim. Guys, hear this? An unbelievable idea. A Kayin is consecrated and elevated and, 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 um, and sanctified. Sanctified. He's given Kedusha. Who gave him that Kedusha? The Rebbein Shalom. But the Rebbein didn't give him all this Kedusha. The Rebbein said, Ichlaz da Allah, Ichlaz da Epis. I'm leaving something behind. I'm leaving part of his Kedusha behind for Yisraelim to be Makadashim. I want part of his Kedusha to come from Yisraelim. When we recognize a Kayin as a VIP, when we give him the first Aliyah, when we let him bench first, we're not just being Mechabed him, we're being Makadashim. Part of a Kedusha's Kahuna comes, yes, from the Shem and HaMishcha. Part of it comes from, from the Riboy Begadim. Part of it comes from the fact that he's of Aharonic descent, Aharonic descent. But part of it comes from me treating him as a kind. I'm the Kaddishim. It said better, and taking that a step further, when we give the Kayin the first Aliyah, we're actually participating in that Aliyah. We have a chalik, we have a portion in that aliyah of, kay, of kayin. Because we were the ones that created that kedusha skuhuna. We're the ones that are elevating him and giving the kayin status. By giving that aliyah, we're, we're involved in kahuna. We're involved in kedusha skuhuna. It's coming from us, coming through us. We have a yad and a chalik in it. When we find a kayin, we give him truma, we give him bikurim. It's not a one-way thing where we're just giving presents away and we found the right recipients. By me giving him truma, I'm actually actively involved in making him a kayan, giving him kedushas kayan, and someone who's a laddie truma. By me giving him the truma, I'm involved in the process. I'm, so to speak, the lines are blurred, and I have a hand in his kahuna. I'm involved in that kahuna. I'm involved in that mitzvah of eating truma because I was the one that was involved and to a certain degree responsible in elevating him and giving him that status. That's v'kidashtoy. So when we ask, Lomani Gara, how can Kala Yisrael, all the Israelim, not have any shayachas, any connection with kahuna? We have a very strong and significant connection of v'kidashtoy by us elevating, promoting kayanim, putting them up there, we actually have an active participation in kahuna. So an unbelievable insight. Every time we give that kind the first aliyah, if we take a step back and we say, I'm so happy he's getting the first aliyah. I'm so happy we're calling him up first because it's a mitzvah for me to recognize him as a kind. I actually have a little bit of kahuna at my fingertips. I actually have a little bit of access to the motherboard of the kaihanim by giving him the first aliyah and, 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 and being interested in that, being thrilled about that. I'm involved over there. I have access to kahuna. So, so far from us saying, Lama Nigara, why should we lose out? We're not only, we're not only um, privileged to be involved with, with, with the Kedushas Kahuna, we actually create Kedushas Kahuna, and the Torah leaves it to us to finish, to be mashlim, the rest of their Kedusha, by recognizing them as Kayan and we're Mekadosh them as Kayan. Um,
by recognizing and being Makadish them as Kohanim, where we are involved. Now, let's take that a step further. So this is where we find the, um, the, the key, the mystery, and the, and, the, and the answer to the Lama Nigara when we ask that question with regards to Kahuna. Um, <clears throat> but it involves one more step. One more step, which brings us back to the parsha. One more step that ties in with all this beautifully, ties in with the parsha, and ties in once again with Pesach Sheni. When is a Yid able to have that connection to something that's beyond his means, that's out of his reach, beyond his grip and beyond his grasp, with the Laman Igara like Yisrael to Akain? We actually find insights to that from the end of this week's parsha, which will bring us back to the beginning of Pesach Sheni. And the end of Emor actually concludes with something a little bit gloomy, a little bit uh, saddening, and that's the famous story of the Megadev. There's a story at the end of the parasha, the end of Parsha's Emor. We have a story of a, a um, Jew that approached Moshe Rabbeinu, and this Jew was unfortunately an illegitimate Jew. His mother was um, Shlemus Bazdivri from Shevet Dun. His father was a Mitzri, was a guy. There was a Mitzri, a guy that in, in, in Mitzrayim fathered a, a Jew from a Jewish woman, Shlemus Bazdivri. And this kid didn't have a father, didn't have a Jewish father. So he was being pushed around from Shevet to Shevet to Shevet. His mother was from Shevet Dun. So he claimed that he has a place in, in, the, in, the, in the tribe of Dun. He set up his tent in Shevet Dun. And they kicked him out. They said, no, you, you don't, your father has to be from Shevet Dun. You're, you're, only your mother's from Shevet Dun. Your father's not from Shevet Dun, so you have to get out of here. So he went back and forth. And the Chazal tell us that he, again, he went to Dun. He said, I'm from Shevet Dun. I'm from Shevet Dun. And they threw him out. The matter finally went before Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu himself had to preside over this Dintaira. And he said, okay, let me hear both Tadim. So this kid came in and said, Midana I'm from Shevet Dan. The, the, the Medrash tells us, Chazal tells us. He said, I claimed I'm from Shevet Dan. So Moshe said, okay, let me hear the other side of the story. And the people in Shevet Dan, they said, no, his mother's from Shevet Dan. His father's a Mitzri. His mother's from Shevet Dan. His father's a Mitzri. Um, he's not from Shevet Dan. Moshe said, oh, yeah, they're right. You, you can't pitch your tent there. You're going to have to go uh, outside the Machina, find yourself a nice little place outside the Machina. You can't be in Shevetan because you don't belong to Shevetan. And this kid got so incensed, Chazal tells us. He got so upset that he cursed God. He was Megadif. He cursed God, cursed the name of God. And they, they, he committed one of the highest acts of, of um, irreverence and disrespect, Hakash Baruch Hu, blasphemy. And he, they, they stoned him to death. Okay, so that's the end of the parsha. I saw Rabbi Ram Shor asks a question over here. I had the schuss of actually meeting him in person uh, a couple weeks ago. It's by Chasana, Chasana of Atamad from Eish. Rabbi Ram Shor was there. He did Bracha Achrita. So, uh, very, um, very, um, First time I ever saw him in person, and figured that just you see him in person, he commands a lot of respect. You see, you see Harsinai. Look at him, you see Harsinai. You see Harsinai. Anyone ever, ever met him? Harsinai, right? Okay, so anyway, I saw Rabbi Avram Short asks the following question. 
says, it doesn't make sense, why Don kick him out? Why did Shevet Don kick him out? Don is called the Ma'asif L'chala Machinus. Don was the final Shevet. When, when the Jews traveled through the desert, they had a, you know, like a long convoy, a convoy of, of, of camps, of, 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 of tribes. Don was all the way in the back. And Don was called the Ma'asif L'chala Machinus. They were the gathering point. And Chazal tells us they were the gathering point. They gathered and they took all the wayward people, all the homeless people. The Erev Rav, anyone that, that needed a place to call home, they found it in Shevet Dun. Shevet Dun was called the Ma'asif L'chol HaMachemus. They took everybody in. The lost souls, the, the, the um, homeless, the wretched refuse, Shevet Dun took them all in. He took them all in. So, Rebav Ram, sure, why they throw mad? This goes against the whole, the whole premise of Shevetan. Shevetan was there to be ma- the Ma'asaf al They don't throw people out, they take everybody in. Why'd they throw this Yedat? He couples that with another question, a Pesach Shedi question. He said, the, the Kayhanim, we're now going to journey from the Kayhanim to the Pashemur to Pesach Shedi. I think we're going to see everything come so beautifully together in the full circle here. And he asks a question on Pesach Shedi. Pesach Sheni, as we were quoting earlier, gives us the narrative that there were Yidin, that there were Tzmeim Lenefesh Adam. The, the Torah tells us there were Jews that were Tamei. And they came to Moshe and they said, Anachnu Tzmeim Lenefesh Adam. We're Tamei. Lama Nigara, why should we lose that? Levilti Hakriv Karbanashem B'mayadai. Why should we lose that? So, Fractor Bavram Shor, question over there also. They said already, the Torah already tells us in third person narrative, we're Tamei. They come back to Maisha and they say, we're Tameh. We know they're Tameh already. We already told them from the Torah's third-person um, uh, perspective and narrative over here. We know they're Tameh. Why is the Torah repeating this? Why is it being redundant? Torah already tells us they're Tameh. They come to Maisha and say, we're Tameh. Let me nigar. Let me just say, let me nigar. We already know they're Tameh. Zogdur Bavram, a Yisod. A Yisod. Pesach Sheni is all about let It's all about this cry of HaKadosh Baruch why should I lose that? Why shouldn't I get to bring the Korn Pesach even though it seems impossible that I should get it? And when a person lets out a Geshrai, Lomani Gara, why shouldn't I get to do this? He can actually achieve the impossible. HaKadosh Baruch gave them a second opportunity which as of that point in time hadn't been revealed yet. Heretofore had not been revealed. There was no, there was no concept. There was no Havamina for Pesach Sheni. And yet when they say Lomani Gara, why should I lose that? HaKadosh Baruch gives them the impossible. When does the Rebbeinah Shulayim let you achieve the impossible? When does he let you go out of the box? When you start off by seeing that you're in a box. When you see that you're so distant. When you see that you're so lost and you want to overcome that distance. When does the Rebbeinah Shulayim answer us when we say, Tate! Tate! Save me! When does he answer us when we see that we're so, so, so far away? We see that we're in a box. And the Yibayim over there, we're over here, and we say, Im save me. That's Loma Nigara. That's why the Torah has to say twice, yes, they were Tameh, and they come to Moshe and say, we're Tameh. Because the only reason they were answered is because their plea was so sincere, because they saw they were Tameh. We're Tameh, and we're so far, we're so vital, we're so distant. We don't have a chance. But why should that get in the way? Loma Nigara. Yes, we're so far. But Moshe, do something for us. We want to overcome that distance. But if someone's not Makira's place, if he doesn't see himself as in the box, doesn't see that he has limitations, ah, I'm everywhere, I'm all over, all over the place, that cry is not the same cry. It's not a sincere cry. He's not trying to overcome anything. You have to first see how distant you are and say, Hashem, help me overcome this distance. 
I don't want to be far. I don't want to be removed. I don't want to be distanced. Then that's a lamani guard that Hashem answers. That's why they have to say, but we don't want to. We want to get past that. Lamani guard, why should we be held back? Because we're tummy. And this is why the Megadev wasn't given a place in Shevet Don. It's the same idea, same vart. Shevet Don is the Ma'asif al They take everybody in. All the wayward souls, all the lost souls, all the lost neshamas, all the homeless people. But only when they chapt that they're homeless. When they chapt that they're wayward. When they chapt they don't have a makam. We're here for you, for the people who don't have a makam. We're here for the lost people. If you chapt that you're lost, I'm lost, I'm lost, save me. Then Dun saves him. The Megadev, what did he come saying? He, he came strutting into Bez and saying, No, I'm from Shevet Dun. I'm not lost. This is where I'm supposed to be. This is where you're supposed to be, Rebid. You don't have a place over here. You don't have a place. You, you know already. You have things worked out. You have things figured out. You're not lost. You don't need us. Then you, there's no place for you over here. If you see that you're already good, you're already cool, you're already safe, there's no place for you over here. And there's no place for you in Pesach Sheni. If you come think, we're Tahirim. There's no place for you in Pesach Sheni. I'm from Shevadan. Shevadan has no place for you. But if you come and saying, Tate, I'm lost. How would you say it? Right? I'm lost. I'm lost. Then, Don takes you in, Pesach Sheni takes you in, the Rebbeinu Shalom takes you in. And coming back full circle to the beginning of Emor, Vikidashta, we have a mitzvah to promote Kaihanim. We have a mitzvah to make Kaihanim holy. We have a mitzvah to consecrate and sanctify them. And we have a chalik that in their Kedusha, this works when and only when we realize that we're distant from Kaihanim or distant from the Rebbeinu Shalom. If we don't get that, we think, oh, we can be Kaihanim too. There's not a big difference between me and Kaihanim, but I'll grad, I'll give him Kaihanim. But, you know, I, I know that Tamachachim can also get Kaihanim. There's not a big difference between the Kain. I know that a, that a, that a, a mamzer, Tamil Chacham, comes before a Kain. I'm a Aritz Ad. There's not a big Merchach. Then we have nothing to do with Kahuna. Nothing to do with Kayan. But if we see that we're so far in Kayanim are promoted, they're Kaddish, and we have the schus, the privilege, the opportunity to be Makadish them, that's when we have a Yad. That's when we have a Chelik. That's when we have an involvement with Kedushas Kahuna. When we start by realizing that we're so low and so down, Yisrael and the Kayanim are so high and elevated and promoted, that's when we have a Chelik in that Kedusha. And that's. Lama Nigara, that's Pesach Sheni, the Rebbe should help us see how vital we are, see how distant we are. We should all have that Gishrai, that cry of Lama Nigara, HaKadosh Baruch Afal Pikin, let me overcome that. And HaKadosh Baruch will help us achieve the impossible, Rabbi Yisai. Make Nisan for us, just as he did back then. I wish you have a wonderful Shabbos. Thank you for joining. Thank you. Okay, Meir, I think, is across the street. Yes, Rabbi Aronson? That's the question everyone has. Are they there? Were they here?